You think that you are the number one dad? No offense, Homer, but your half-assed underparenting was a lot more fun than your half-assed overparenting. But I'm using my whole head. No wire-hangers My father would womanize, he would drink. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the first Mama, it's Lynn. Let's get it, y'all. There's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. Welcome, Nathan. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you for joining us on this podcast journey. This is our weekly. I'm still sticking with that label, <laughs> despite all sorts of evidence to the contrary. Our weekly podcast uh-huh. where we take a look at the parenting in a piece of pop culture. Mm-hmm. This week's show is... The Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. It is the episode I'm in, in quotation marks, with the in, again, quotation marks crowd. <laughs> and it is originally uh, season six, episode three, the 127th episode overall of the series. Originally aired October 5th, 1989. Where were you? Or do you remember anything about, about October 1989? Man, I was probably a witch for Halloween. That or a cat. That was like <laughs> you were our daughter's age. Yeah, yeah, Pretty yeah. Much, yeah. So that's why I know I was probably a witch or a cat. <laughs> I remember it because it was five days before my mom turned forty. Oh wow! Uh, and I remember she had a shirt that said "So happy I turned 40. And so it's S H I T. Oh 40. wow. Because um, we did not live in a Cosby house where swearing was like the worst thing a person could do. <laughs> Next to wearing your pants low. Very right. Okay. <laughs> we were allowed to both curse and wear sag our jeans you go. in the Dewitt household. <laughs> this episode was seen by 39.3 million people, which would, I mean, the Super Bowl this year was seen by 90 million people to give you some context for how extraordinary <laughs> a number wild. that was. Yeah. Uh, that was a 25 share, which means that was 25% of TVs that were on uh, at that oh time, we're watching this episode. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, different landscape, obviously, right? right? A different set of networks. Fox was a young baby. The Simpsons wouldn't premiere for a couple of months. But an astonishing number of people saw this uh, show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the only TV shows, along with All in the Family, that had five consecutive seasons as the number one show on TV. It was a, a blockbuster in ways that... that don't make them anymore. Right, yeah. From a revenue perspective, it made $2.5 billion in TV revenues over the course of its history, a billion in just advertising revenue during the show's run, and then a, a billion and a half in uh, syndication revenue. Holy so, cow. Well, okay, so jumping ahead here, the show that dethrones Cosby is The Simpsons. Uh-huh. So in The Simpsons' first 14 months of existence, they did $2 billion just in oh merchandising. God. Right, just in T-shirts yeah, and sure. bumper stickers and things like that, the... which obviously Bill Cosby's Fat Albert maybe could do, but I didn't have a Cosby Show uh, sure. lunchbox yeah, or thermos right. or a T-shirt. Right, <laughs> Theo's face did not adorn any of my clothing the way Bart did. The episode was directed by Tony Singletary, written by John Marcus, who would go on to work on Larry Sanders, Carmen Finestra, who would go on to work on Home Improvement, and Gary Cott, who was at the end of his career and had worked on The White Shadow. What's The White Shadow? You know, it's a show they reference on a Seinfeld okay. that they're having a um, marathon of and George is very excited about. I have no idea what it is. I think it's white basketball coach in a black school. Okay. But I'm not positive of that. <laughs> Probably seems like a thing we'll need to look up or cut. Yes. <laughs> I found it interesting and very telling for sort of some of the legacy of the show. An actress named Essence 
Atkins is one of the girls at the party in this mm. episode, so we haven't given the plot. Do you want to give the plot of this episode? Sure. Um, Vanessa goes to a friend's house after a very stressful chemistry test, and she's there with all her gal pals, about eight, ten of them, maybe? They're about ten. And they get bored and start a drinking game. And uh, she is drunk and has to call her sister to drive her home and suffer the consequences. Mm-hmm. Well, one of those girls, uh, Essence Atkins, this is her first role. She's still working. Oh, cool. Right? So okay. she's, you know, from 89 to now, has been on TV or in movies. And um, that's a thing this show did for yeah, so many black entertainers yeah, was, yeah. was start their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's an incredibly important show in that regard. It was ran on Thursdays on NBC from September 20th, 1984 to April 30th, 1992. It finale, the finale, aired during the L.A. riots. Oh, my God. With, like, an interstitial uh, thing they recorded from Cosby, like, calling for peace. Holy cow. Um, to give you a sense of sort of where this fit. And, yeah, yeah, and the gravity of a show like mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. This show had an explicitly educational mission. Yeah. And, like, wanted to do a lot of things that no African-American-based family show had done before mm-hmm. um, and was largely successful in them. Yeah. I mean, um, they are a model American family um, that anybody, any family tuning in could see parts of themselves in and aspire to. Mm-hmm. Um Having a black father on TV was pretty revolutionary. Like one that was like engaged and active and in love with his wife, mm-hmm. I think is mm-hmm. unusual. What's your experience watching the Cosby show growing up with it? I literally remember watching this episode. Oh I don't gosh. remember if we watched it live or it was in syndication sure. because I also have a vivid memory of the one before it where um, Cliff tells this story about how he and his buddies cleaned their apartment in college by strapping sponges to their feet and, like, skating around. Okay. And Theo does it and gets evicted. Oh, God. That's the one before this. Uh-huh. And so, like, I very much remember these two, but it could have been a sick day. Sure. Right? And they were back-to-back yeah. back on uh, USA or something like that. It, it's a show that I used to joke about in my 20s. You know, whenever I have kids, I'm going to watch all of the Cosby show. Uh-huh. Right? To learn how to do it. And I definitely... <laughs> We're going to watch all of the Cosby show. <laughs> I mean, we've been watching a little bit of the Cosby show here and there, and it's been delightful, I think, for, for both of us. But, like, growing up, I don't think... I, I, maybe I saw one or two episodes. I think we were a little just too young, like, by the end of the run. Like, I remember Thursday night NBC must-see TV being friends and Caroline in the city sure. and ER, you sure. know? The like, shit sandwich where they put whatever between yeah, them, yeah. friends and Seinfeld. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's that's like my memory of watching Thursday Night TV. I think I was just too young for the Cosby show to be. For sure. I mean, you were born in 86. It ends in 92. Mm-hmm. It doesn't leave a lot of time. Those later shows, Seinfeld, Friends, Simpsons, the Cosby show didn't benefit from the same type of syndication success they did, partially because of its timing, right? They existed in an era where all of these different local stations were popping up and creating original content and needing uh, content to fill their airwaves. And the Cosby show by that point was dated and the Simpsons, Friends, and Seinfeld were like fresh and new. This is very dated. 
Like it, it's so dated. Yeah. As you say, it's all of these groundbreaking things uh, for representation. It's uh, an intact African-American family where mom and dad are both in the home. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not Sanford and son. Right. It's not good times. Right. There are the heights of professionalism. Yeah. He's a doctor. She's a lawyer. They, there is the biggest thing that is still fairly rare among portrayals of African-American families is there's never a threat of violence in the home. Never. Like if we, so we're doing this partially because it's Black History Month. If we do like a blackish, like. Oh, yeah. There's the threat of violence or there. Or Bernie Mac. Mm-hmm. Or Boondocks. Like there actually yeah. is violence because yes. it's a cartoon and you can get away with it. Yeah. In 2014, TV Guide named Cliff Huxtable TV's greatest dad. And the other top contenders were like somebody from the dad from Bonanza. Right. Mm-hmm. And the dad from the Waltons and all of these, the dad from Father Knows Best and My Three Sons and these antiquated versions of the first wave of television family shows where it's explicitly lying to you. Yeah. Right. About yeah. what the role of the father and the role of the mother, because it had to get women yeah. back into the home. Yeah. And I, I think World this does, too. You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I, I think there are, you know, there's a lot of wishing and lying <laughs> that, that is shown to the viewer as we watch it, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, some of that is obviously it's a sitcom. Right. right? Yeah. And some of that is part of being a parent. Right. For yeah. sure, I think. But some of it we'll talk about sort of particularly in the light of what's come out about Bill Cosby is a little bit more sinister. Mm-hmm. And I think there, if you really scrutinize the parenting in this, you see that there is there's something's missing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about the series as a whole before we jump into our categories here? Cliff Huxtable sweaters. Amazing, right? <laughs> Every episode, it's <laughs> it's all great. It's one of those things that is like, oh yeah, okay, Cosby sweater, that's a thing. Maybe one or two episodes. Nope. No, it's everyone. It's a and, and everyone he is making a sandwich. Literally mm-hmm. every episode, you get thirty minutes. He's trying to make a sandwich. So the the other little factoid I wanted to bring up was that originally in the conception of the show, uh, Bill wanted the family to be blue collar, but his wife Camille insisted they be upper class. Interesting. So I thought that was kind of cool to uh, that he listened to her in the development process, and that kind of felt like Cliff and Claire. Mm-hmm. All right, so the mamas and the papas in this episode. Sorry if you could hear our dog <laughs> scratching the crap dog. out of herself. She insists on recording with us, <laughs> so she has nothing to offer. Cliff and Claire, the parents, right? They're they're wonderful. Yes, they are. She just lights up the screen. Oh, my gosh. Their chemistry together is wonderful. All of them. Clearly The entire loving. family. Yeah. And Claire, as I mean, in this episode, but like also as we've been watching the series, she's also just in love with her work, which mm-hmm. is really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Like she really appreciates it and loves it and like loves her family. And it's just like a nice little snippet of being a parent and who's a working parent, too. Mm-hmm. Cliff has that really healthy balance of he loves his kids and holds them at arm length. Yeah. The way I think you need to of like, especially you see in this episode with Theo where he's like, you're supposed to be out of here. Yes. (laughs) He loves him so much, but he's also so frustrated that he's not making that leap. Uh, into adulthood that need, he needs to make. And I see, I think we see that with, with Cliff a lot where he is angry, <laughs> but like not really <laughs> showing it. He does have a lot of boundaries. He is teasing. He is joking. But like, there, and there's never anything more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really liked his reaction when they hear that she's, all the girls got drunk. 
<laughs> right, it's the first the thing out of yeah. his mouth. I think is very uh, dad, yes. like very a very dad reaction, and very gentle. Yes. Right? I, I like yes. that quite a bit. I liked his whole thing with Theo about, uh, as I just said, like Theo still being there and him him wanting him out, but also clearly being okay with his son eating his cereal and giving him a different perspective on what it is to be a kid. Yeah, and and coming back. Leaving again, like that's all part of being that in your early twenties. I think, like you don't quite make it out the door in one you go. You used to go home and do your laundry, right? Yeah, every weekend. Yes, I did. Like when I didn't, when I lived in an apartment in Chicago, but didn't have laundry and build it in or anything like that. And part of my family's tradition was to get together on Sundays, so I'd bring my laundry. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Make it work for you. Yeah. I. Lived with my dad for a little bit before grad school, but was definitely given a not so gentle foot out the door yeah. after college of like my mom canceled the cable in my room. And I was right. like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I see what's happening here. The other moment of Cliff that I thought was extraordinary is he observes of Vanessa and her friends, like she says when they're asked, like, Well, why'd you get drunk? She says, Well, I was we were bored. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Let me get this straight. You all spend all of your time talking to each other, waiting to get together. And then the second you and all of your friends are together, you're bored. Mm-hmm. It, I, it was such a, it's always been in my face, that yeah. uh, dynamic, right? Or that right. situation. But to have it just spelled out so clearly, I thought was really an extraordinary observation. Again, Cliff in this episode, he is so sweet and gentle and kind to Vanessa in this situation too. What do you have about Claire? I think she plays a important role in the ruse, which we'll talk about in the good parenting section. But other than sort of just being just amazing energy, mm-hmm. I don't have a ton on her. They're sitting at home on a, you know, weeknight with Denise and watching a movie, which I think mm-hmm. is sweet. It's wholesome. It's wholesome. Claire's always asking Cliff to make her a snack, and he mm-hmm. he cheerfully does. We joked about it, but that was literally what they established in the writer's room, is that every episode Cliff wants a sandwich and his family gets in the way, yeah. was <laughs> essentially the way the show worked. In terms of this episode, the other main parent we see who does a lot of work is Denise. Yeah. Played by Lisa Bonet. Uh, she was just back from A Different World, which was the spinoff um, they basically created for her, and uh, she got pregnant. Oh. And so she couldn't do A Different World anymore, and like Cosby was kind of ticked off. I bet. And she had done another movie with uh, Mickey Rourke, where it was like she did a lot of nude Ooh. scenes and stuff, yeah. and so like Bill Cosby was like shaking his Bill yeah, Cosby finger at her, yeah. but they welcomed her back to the show, and this was like her third episode back. Mm-hmm. So they gave her a lot to do. Yes, they do. And you pointed out, I, I missed it, we see her as a stepmom in this. Yes. Well, we see some like really cool intergenerational parenting too, because Claire is there observing her daughter be Denise, a parent. Yep, be a parent yeah, to, to Olivia. Who Olivia who's Raven Simone. Yes, Raven Simone is adorable and is her fiance's daughter, I believe, in the in the show. Mm-hmm. And Denise is just a doting mother. She's she's like excited that her kid can read mm-hmm. and is like showing her off to her parents and just celebrating this little person. And it's it's really sweet. And like, you know. There's a couple moments where Claire is like, I <laughs> I remember doing this, especially when B was really little, 
and being like, have you ever seen anything more amazing than this child? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Claire's like, well, actually, when Vanessa was little and she looks at Denise's face and she's like, nothing. Uh (laughs) She Uh just stops. Mm -hmm. And I remember when B was a little baby and she like had rolled over and it was like a couple weeks before developmentally she like, you know, would have hit that milestone. I remember like gushing about B to my yoga instructor and like showing her pictures and she like said to me like, all moms think their babies are so special. Mm -hmm. And like that was the perfect amount of please shut up. Right, right, right. (laughs) We're like, I never did it again. Like it was like balanced response from a yoga instructor. Yes, where it was just like, oh gosh, yes, you're right. Thank you. (laughs) Like I, I feel like Claire offers that for her daughter as well. She's so graceful. Mm-hmm. It's really, really impressive. Both her grace and they're just, in, in this episode and every episode we've seen, their acceptance yes. of what's happening. Yes. Where they, they're in Cliff's, you know, well, I guess she didn't win or, you know, not, not my daughter. Not There's no denial of what's happening. There's, I think you're right, some denial of emotion. Mm-hmm. But there's no... But they're, attempt they're, to thwart. There's no uh, attempt to thwart reality the way, say, Arrested Development yes. showcases it. Yes, they are both in the moment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. living it, Didn't which he... I think is a great way to be a parent. Like that's the. the I'd way imagine to do it. so. Yeah. I've never seen it. <laughs> I see you do it. So yeah, sometimes I, I get into that uh, place every now and then. But yeah, I think it's it's that's why. I mean, this show is what it is. Is it's aspirational. Yes. In, in many, many, many regards. Yeah. Uh, and it sets a pretty darn high standard for itself. And, yeah. and Bill Cosby is famous for setting that same standard for uh, a lot of people. People who wanted him to be their standard setter and people who didn't. Yeah. So sticking with Denise, she is the literal parent uh, of Olivia there. And then does a lot of pseudo-parenting yes. in, in taking care of Vanessa, right? She is... Like, the model big sister. We didn't know you brought Vanessa home. Oh, well, uh, that's because you guys looked like you were enjoying the movie so much that we just sort of, you know, went around back. I see. What is that aroma coming from those sheets? Huh? What is the aroma coming from the sheets? (laughs) Well, um, okay, on the way home, Vanessa got the flu, and she was going to throw up in the car, but, you know, she didn't, and when she got home, you know, she just... Well, if she has the flu, then I better take a look at her now. Oh, no, Dad, you don't have to do that. I already checked her. Yeah, uh, because I learned first aid in Africa, you know. So Vanessa calls. Denise <laughs> gets drunk. the call. First of all, drunk dial. I wouldn't call it a drunk dial. I mean, she is drunk and she dials, but it, it, she needs help. She needs to get home. And so Denise answers the call, and she's sitting next to Cliff and Claire. They're yes. watching that movie, like I said. And she gracefully covers, right? Mm-hmm. Goes and gets her sister mm-hmm. and then sneaks her in. Mm-hmm. Uh, like on her back up the stairs. Were you, did you have a sibling you could call? A little bit my older brother. I mean, I was never that person in high school, so it sure. really wasn't a thing that I, I ever had to do. I really went wild in college. And mm-hmm. by then, you know, I had friends and stuff I could call or, you know, a cab. My brother, I remember him having a couple of high school parties at our house Mm -hmm. or like telling me about high school parties. And that was always wild because it was so not my world. (laughs) Let me ask you this. When um, your brother had these high school parties, did you snitch on him? He's how much older? 
He's two years older. You snitch on him? No. But so, he was always found out because mm. he's an idiot. <laughs> That's a separate conversation. Yes. But well, my... Right, and I remember my parents' reaction to it not being... I mean, had I done that, oh my God, the world would be falling apart. Sure. You know? Sure. And it, it certainly wasn't that for my older brother. Well, my sister was the media. So... <laughs> One night, my mom was, like, at a movie, and uh, some people she didn't know came over for, like, band practice to jam, and you would have thought I had, like, a kegger yeah. with the trouble I got in and the way my sister just ratted me the fuck out. So it was not an option for me. The sneaking in drunk rang true to me. I've yes. done that successfully and not at all successfully <laughs> um, in, my, in my day. Yeah. On my 22nd birthday, I came home drunk. And literally fell through a window oh in my, my bedroom, taking my pants off. That sounds like you. <laughs> Kitty, Kitty comes downstairs because she she heard it, right? Kitty's my mom, and she goes, "Wait, we're having the windows replaced tomorrow. <laughs> Did you do this accidentally or on purpose?" And I looked at her and said, "A little of column A, a little of column B." Yeah, so you know, nobody created an elaborate ruse after that for me. But I definitely, those those elements rang true, even if I didn't have that kind of sister who I could call drunk. Did you, were you ever that sister? I mean, brother. I, I haven't had to be. Yeah. But I would I'd be happy to be. Yeah. If I needed to be, you know, I'll, I'll my brother keep my mouth shut and help my siblings. Like, a little stoned. Oh. And just freaking out. And like, I have a job interview and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just so adorable. And being able to like... I like not specifically picking somebody up drunk, but being able to do that mm-hmm. was always one of my favorite things about being an older sibling. Sure. I'll take care of a drunk person. I don't want to lend anybody money. <laughs> I think that's a different thing. It is. The other drunk person element that rang true was when uh, Vanessa's just like, leave me here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, all of those girls did such a great job in that scene. Like, where they're just like, well, you can't go in the bath that bathroom because somebody's in that bathroom. Mm-hmm. And then the other girl just going in that bathroom. <laughs> like, that kind of stuff. Our <laughs> damn wiener kids. Yes. Where we talk about, you know, kids being kids. I thought the peer pressure was actually done pretty well. Yeah, it was done really Especially well. for 1989 yeah. version of peer pressure. Well, and the version of peer pressure that I got in D.A.R.E. was always like, some stranger's going to come up to you and make you take drugs. <laughs> right? It's like that Chris Rock <laughs> joke of like, no, nobody's ever sold you drugs. They just offered you drugs. Yeah, like, right, exactly. Like, it didn't make any sense to me when I was a child going through D.A.R.E. Mm-hmm. And watching this, had we been shown this, that would have made a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because of course... Like, it's, we're all going to do it. We're like, somebody's breaking the rules. They're nervous about it. It's less scary if more people do it. We're all idiots. We're we all, all dumb. Like, we're this. bored. Two clips observation. Like, this is what we look forward to. Here we are. We've got to make it special. 
that was always the thing. I did this a lot in college. Like, oh my God, we have to make this a special night. Everybody's got to get the most drunk that they've ever been. I was the peer pressurer in college. I mean, I was, they were like, don't and let, beyond. listen, don't let Nathan make the drinks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. So yeah, Vanessa drinking on a school night. What? The fuck? I don't know. That's so stupid. Welcome to the Dumb Bitch Hall of Fame. Yes! Vanessa Huxtable. Got no business. That's as dumb as in high school, I once got uh, drunk after eating spaghetti and had to throw up spaghetti. And that was one of the times I was inducted into the Dumb Bitch Hall of Fame. But you know what it wasn't? It wasn't a school night. Yes, right. (laughs) And them playing a drinking game. Like, Mm -hmm. it made me, like, nostalgic for drinking games. That used to be one of my favorite things in college. So that was the, one of the drunkest I got in college was Circle of Death. Circle of Death was our favorite. We played that The worst game ever created. Yeah, and it's so fun and stupid. This (laughs) alphabet game that they play in this, where you have to name a city, uh, we, after seeing this episode as a family, would play it all the time. Like in, oh, really? In yeah. a lot of restaurants, like, you know, you have to sip your Sprite or something. Sure, or, yeah. Uh, you got just ridiculed mercilessly, more likely in my family, for <laughs> screwing it up. The other wiener kid thing yes. I saw is old Theo Huxtable here. Mm-hmm. He's back at home because they ran out of cereal at his apartment. And he was taking a shower at home. Yeah. Because what, they ran out of soap or hot water at his apartment? Soap. One of them. But yeah, so he's back at home. But he's there sort of in the wake of understanding Vanessa got drunk. And he talks to his parents about pressure, the pressures of being the son of a doctor and a lawyer. And he says, to go to school and become something, that's a lot of pressure, Mom. What are your thoughts on this? Well, it's played as a joke, and I don't think it is one. It's, pl- it's played as jokes on Theo. Yes. Right? That Theo like, is Theo's being a, a spoiled yeah. asshole for yeah. saying this. Yes. Yep. Well, and I mean, the other thing that he says is, like, I never thought Vanessa would be the one to crack. Like, because she is, I mean, she's always shown as one of the most mature of the Huxtable children. <laughs> like, Except when it was a different episode, but where, like... In the episode we watched, uh, there was an earlier one where they find the joint in Theo's book. Yeah. And she doesn't know what's going on and spends the entire episode trying to find out what was well, going on. Well, that's what I mean. Like, she is, I mean, she's so responsible. She sure. wants to be like, in. I mean, that is a very perfectionist <laughs> way <laughs> to do something. Which, in, you know, my perspective, she would be one of the first ones to crack. But I think that Theo is telling his parents a truth that they don't want to hear. Or mm-hmm. can't even comprehend. Sure, Because sure. I think that, I mean, they, in other episodes, talk about their own upbringing, uh, Cliff and Claire, and, like, man, it's hard. Like, you're, and I think this happens in a lot of, we see it today, too, like, a lot of times there's this focus on black excellence, mm-hmm. where it's like, you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to do better. You have to do better than your parents. It's almost corporate. Yeah. Where every... Three months, you have to make more money than you did last three months. Yes, exactly. Without being able to slow down and to think about what you want. I think they'd call it now internalized capitalism. Yeah, probably. I'm torn on this, right? Because, yeah, it is a lot of pressure. And also, what the fuck else are you doing with yourself? Well, I'm reminded... I mean, that is... It's a pressure every human being bears in an industrialized society of, yeah, educate myself and make something of myself. A lot to be a person. Yes. Two things I'm thinking of. One is the musical Rent, where they're all pissed that they have to pay rent. And it's like, yeah, you have to pay your rent. But, like, Mm -hmm. that you have to pay something to exist is weird. And, Mm -hmm. like, just that that concept is is outrageous. 
But also I'm thinking about, Nate, you used to ask a question in one of your courses to talk about a TV show and the human condition. (laughs) And like... I think that's just the human condition. Sure, and sure, sure, sure. you'd always have students say, hey, can you explain the human what condition? What do you mean? What is the human condition? <laughs> like, I don't know, being a person. No, push my glasses all the way up. Yes. Take a deep breath and let them know. <laughs> yeah, I think Theo is fighting growing up in a way um, that is natural and normal. And I think this is where you see what is, I suppose, a, a one on one hand, antiquated type of parenting where it's like, we know best, you listen to us. Right, which is very kind of clear in this episode. But there's other episodes where that isn't as clear. So I'm willing to, I don't know, not, not give it a pass, but I think it makes it makes sense that this would be an instance where I'm not giving our kid a pass on underage drinking. Oh, my you gosh. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's time to be, to not necessarily hear her end of things in this one, you know? Yeah, yeah. But also, like, I don't know, Theo is coming into himself and I, mm-hmm. I, I think he's he's brushed off in a way that like I think there could have been different kind of dialogue to come out of that conversation and a better understanding of each other sure and I think that was just glossed over mm-hmm. he, I mean he was definitely made the like what a dummy is what <laughs> you're supposed to take away from that but I think maybe we're products of a culture that softened or uh, maybe we just listen to kids more these days but yeah I think it, it would definitely play different today yeah. Right, and it, it sounded more... Well, and we, we... His point of view seemed way more valid. Gosh, you ha- I mean, to have to strive and strive and strive and not stop is... It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And, and well, and I think... And maybe there could have just been some sympathy and some understanding. Sure, but is that okay? We're saying that as two upper-crust white people, mm-hmm. right, is, who are wearing pajama pants in the middle of a work day, right? Is, is some of that our privilege? Right, and just a, a, we don't have to do that because we our rent's covered. Right. I mean, yes and no. I mean, I don't think it, I, I don't know what it takes to be a parent who just says, yeah, that's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. that's the thing that I think was missing from that conversation. Sure, Instead sure. of them being like, Theo, you moron. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Like, yes, that's hard. We've all done it. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's something we it's all It's literally what with. I've been trying to prepare you for right. every day in this house. Yes, right? yes, yes. And when now, in now that sense, I see, I see why Theo is an idiot because that is literally what he's been preparing him for since that first, the pilot where he is like, shows him what the, how money works. Yes. You know, where he's like, here's your income. You want a girlfriend. You want this. You want that. And then it's all gone. Right, yeah. The only really bad parenting I saw from the Huxtables, I thought was... Daddy. Daddy. My head. My stomach. Please. Can you give me something? (laughs) Nothing I can give you, kid. There's no cure for this. When Vanessa's hungover... Around her parents, Cliff, who, mind you, is a doctor, is, uh, says there's no cure for what she has, which is factually completely wrong. Right, and like yeah. he just clearly wants her to wallow and suffer. Yeah, give your kid a coke and a smile. I mean, right. When my one of my good friends uh, had one of his first hangovers, his dad, who was an AA, was like, "Go get a coke, get yeah. a coke and some Tylenol, and you will feel better." Yeah, and he did. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's ways you can help them once. 
it's not going to make you not feel shitty. Right. Right? Like, it doesn't, it's not a, a magic potion, but you can feel like a human being. Yeah. Uh, and in this instance, I guess, go to school. I think that was a good parenting move. To make her go yes, to school hungover? I, I yeah. totally do. Yeah. I'd send her with a Coke and some Tylenol. Sure, she sure, could, sure. She could, she's definitely going to school that yeah. day. Great parenting. Here's a moment of great parenting that we barely see. Mm-hmm. The parent phone tree that happens. Very, very good, right? So much shit I got up to in high school could have been stopped with communication by the parents. Absolutely, yeah. It and was, the fact know. that they know each other enough to call and, like, how embarrassing to make that parent, call. Yeah, yeah to yeah. be like, your child got drunk at my house when mm-hmm. I was not mm-hmm. home is, that I would feel terrible. Another good instance of Claire, just yes. handling it, yeah. right? Just taking a breath and, and dealing with what's in front of Not being the other it. parent, no. just being like, oh, they did? Oh, she is? <laughs> right. Like in a white family, it'd be like, well, we're going to sue you or something. Right. Like it would be really kind of gross. So the culmination of the episode is when Vanessa gets home from school, they have the drinking game or the alphabet game set up with what looks like a bottle of bourbon and Rudy's playing. And then the final reveal is that it's iced tea. Right. right? Yeah. But in, in explaining this to Vanessa as she walks in, Claire goes, well, if you're going to play, we want you to be good. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> like the, the, uh, the value of practice. And in general, I like the ruse. I think it demonstrates that they know how to get through to their kid. Yeah. And it also gives you closure. Yes. Right? Or at least the illusion of it in our 24-minute episode. But it's... I didn't feel like, well, next week we got to check in on Vanessa and make right. sure she's not drinking, you yeah. know, like... She learned it, and the family's going to let it go. Right. As opposed to... They're using humor to salve the situation. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that works. And I think that her being hungover and thinking about having to drink, Mm -hmm. that's a real... That's a good one. That's a good one. (laughs) Yep. That was another place where you really, I think, see the acceptance. Because in families I've known where their kids drink, if the parents also drink, you don't talk about it. Right. You know what I mean? Like if, if the kid's 13 and gets thrown out of school for being drunk at school, you don't have a serious conversation about the drinking because then you got to talk about mom's drinking. Right. Right. Yeah. And my, even my friend whose dad was in AA, like he didn't have a serious conversation with his kid about drinking because it was like he wasn't ready to talk about his own sort of drinking when that kid was a child. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's. It was easier to make a joke like, oh, at least you're not doing coke, so you still have some money or something like that, right? What I alluded to earlier, too, about there not being any emotion there, like, you don't ever see strong emotional response that is a natural part of figuring that out and having a relationship. It's almost, um... Scripted. <laughs> it's real, Well, no, but it's robotic. It's the yes. way a comedian looks at the world. Yeah. It's it's analysis. It's analytical. It's um, the same thing Seinfeld is. Yeah. Right? And there's, there's huge similarities between, like, the comedy of Bill Cosby and Jerry Seinfeld and uh, the way they take little things and, and, and work that, really clean. And there's no heart to yes. it. Yes. I mean, like, well, that's the thing that, like... It's wholesome, but it's not... Emotional. uh, There's no emotion, not much of an emotional connection. It's a little bit tyrannical. Yes, yes. And like 
that's and the you part. know what maybe parenting has to be it, right I think it does I think you have to have strong feelings in order to be in relationship and especially such an important relationship that it is a parent and child mm-hmm. it's alien to never see them upset to never mm-hmm. have even have a private conversation where they're like what has she done or like whatever it's, it's almost taken as a given that they're pissed right and it's like it it is like it's the thing we're not going to talk about right is that we're fucking and that we're swallowing our feelings well and that's and that's how my parents approached things but then you'd walk on eggshells knowing that something's gonna happen Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. just don't know what and they're not going to be clear on what what's gonna happen but it's terrifying well right And, and i mean that's the thing that ultimately as we segue here into talking about but cosby like we're seeing this version of their reality for 24 minutes of it. Right. But in in reality, a dad like Cliff, like, the anger comes out somewhere. You know, it's it's maybe not physically, but it would be in comments or it would be in behaviors people didn't know about, like Bill Cosby himself, or, you know, it would be in some... Everyone has a shadow self. It's not... Right, no one right. gets gets off without one. You know, it could be even channeled into something healthy. But, you mm-hmm. know, we don't see that either. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, Bill Cosby. Boo. Well, hold on. <laughs> oh, there's, there's some cheers along the way. <laughs> Bill Cosby drops out of high school because it's kicking his ass. It is a lot of pressure, it turns out, to uh, educate yourself and make something Where of yourself. Where is he from? Do you know? It's from Pennsylvania. Okay. And I believe. I mean, all, almost all of these stories take place in Pennsylvania. He's currently incarcerated in Pennsylvania. Uh, the Every school he went to is in Pennsylvania except UMass Amherst. Uh, so I think he's from Pennsylvania. So he drops out it's from college because it's kicking his Pennsylvania. ass. Pennsylvania. He goes to the Navy, which I assume kicked his ass. He comes back and uh, enrolls in Temple University, drops out to do stand-up. And he's... Good. I mean, Bill Cosby's very funny. Bill Cosby's stand-up is very funny. He was still doing, like, three-hour comedy sets, uh, you know, up until five or six years ago. He gets more and more involved in entertainment. He becomes the first black doctor to lead a TV drama in I Spy. Mm. Um, And, in fact, like, at a time when affiliates in Florida, Alabama, and Georgia wouldn't air. Right. Right? So, like, you know, was in the struggle. In terms of who, what he believes about parenting, he is very, very outspoken in believing that parents need to take more responsibility, particularly black parents, mm-hmm. and that black dads in particular need to focus more on their kids and be more present and attentive. And like all of that, I'm a fucking 100% on board for. Yeah, like, every, every, for everybody. For everybody. He's yeah. very much an advocate of like, no, you have these kids take care of them. Mm-hmm. They are your responsibility. He's also a huge defender of education, but here's where it gets a little bit tricky, right? A little bit. The show's called The Cosby Show, but he's named Cliff Huxtable, right? right? A small lie in here, right? Right. So he goes to Temple, drops out to become Bill Cosby, but he has a degree because they gave it to him based on, quote, life experience. Right. Not coursework, right? Sidewalk University. Okay, so he's got the diploma, right? He's gone out and gotten his education a little bit. He then enrolls part-time as a doctoral student at the University of uh, Massachusetts Amherst. He rents a farmhouse out there, but by accounts of professors, he almost never went to class and got course credit for being on Sesame Street. Mm -hmm. He did write a um, dissertation, an integration of the visual media via Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids, 
which basically argues that television can be used for an educational purpose and its primary support of this is Fat Albert. True. 100% true, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, absolutely right. But there was a program at UMass Amherst at this time where if you were an expert in your field and you sort of went there to study, presumably paid tuition, mm-hmm. you could uh, be granted a, a doctorate of education, basically like inexperience, as long as you wrote your dissertation, right? So this person whose whole premise is that education matters and you need to go out and make something of yourself did not do that. Right. And in fact, made something of himself and then went back and forged his education. Right. Yeah. And during this whole time is sexually assaulting. One of the most prominent rapists. Our country. Our country has ever produced. While telling Eddie Murphy not to curse and telling rappers to pull their drawers up. Yeah. And, and selling jello. Yeah. Right, and being America's dad, I mean... Yeah, best dad. Yeah, everyone sort of... And Cliff Huxtable is, right? Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot here, right? I mean, Cosby is not one of my adopted dads who has been outed as a monster, but I have plenty of adopted dads who have been outed as monsters. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's real hard to sit with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's real. Like, I understand why, like, Sinbad won't talk about it. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about this in the relation to J.K. Rowling being transphobic and anti-disability and anti-fat and how hard it is to still love the pieces that she has created and how hard it is to find enjoyment in those things. Um, Where once, like... I actively saw myself as a participant of, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now I'm embarrassed isn't the word, but it's not. It was something I was so looking forward to sharing with our kids, and now it's not, <laughs> you know? And it's like nothing with the work has changed. Sure. But things that seemed accidental in the work now right, seem right. Now purposeful. I feel a little bit more loaded yes. when you learn about the sort of her internal bigotry. Correct, yes. Well, it's also... I didn't know Louis C.K. Oh, my God. Right? I didn't know. Such so bad. No. What I'm saying is I I don't really know that person. Yeah. I don't really know Bill Cosby. I don't really know J.K. Rowling. Like, Mm -hmm. the relationship I'm mourning is a fantasy. Yes. Right? And so it's, it's a little bit, well, okay, what I had was a fantasy. Perhaps I can build something that works in its place of, of... well, you know, I guess Harry Potter is a better one because I'm not going to race into show our kid Louie. I mean, I'll still show her Harry Potter and like read her those books. I think they're great books. I think they're an important cultural thing. We can, when she's older, I think, talk about the creator of them. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know jack shit about Dr. Seuss. I read most of those. Sure. You yeah. Know. And I mean, there's some bad stuff about him. I mean, it's, sure. it's almost yeah. like everybody's complicated. And that's, again, like the, the part of the show that feels so disingenuous is that they are always, I mean, again, it's a sitcom, but they are always just accepting and there, you know, <laughs> without <laughs> any of the behind the scenes work. The other element of the Cosby situation, I think, is... Okay, so there's a lot here. So let's call it, for the sake of math, a hundred accusations right of of rape that's a staggering number 
right? It's around that, right? Isn't it something like 90? I don't even know anymore. Um, I stopped keeping up with it when I was so upset. But okay, so when you're Bill Cosby, you're at the top of a mountain no black man has ever climbed. I think Mm -hmm. there are people who are trying to knock you down. I think there are people who are fucking lying about you. Yeah. Um, I think you also did these things. Yes. (laughs) You know, like it's it's with a sample size that many, all those people are people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's, it's some of the rescinding of degrees and the taking his name off stuff. And, and some of it is done very joyfully, you know? Yeah. You yeah. Know, some like, of it love, they love watching that black man fall. And yeah. the people in our lives that are in a prominent position are still humans. And like, mm-hmm. you know, there are things that we can like about them. And then we can also know the full story. I think there's an, a, a larger truth, too, of learning that this idyllic dad wasn't so great. Like, everybody has to do that. Yeah. You know, like, when you're a child, you form these versions of your parents. <coughs> or your dog. <laughs> you form these versions of your parents. And, you know, like, my dad can beat your dad up or whatever. And, and a lot of people don't let go of that. Right, and they hold on to this image, and they're like, "You can't tell me who you know. My dad didn't love me. Sure, he hit me and abandoned us, but he loved me. You know, because it's very hard to grapple and accept what's really there. Um, and I think that the Bill Cosby instance is something we can all sort of use as a like opportunity to check our perceptions sure. and really think about, well, wait, what of this relationship is me?" projecting stuff onto it or filling in gaps and what if this is uh, the genuine person I'm being shown or mm-hmm. you know what if this is real mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a thing we all have to do all the time mm-hmm. with all that being said I still really liked watching the show yeah, we're gonna watch them <laughs> we're gonna watch way more of them like we're gonna finish this and go watch them yeah it's on Amazon they don't really advertise it but it's there for free